book of Judges truly does offer a warning to any polity inspired by the Bible. And many of America's founders understood that without biblical morality and virtue, disaster would result. Welcome to Bible 365, Episode 75, Violence, Fragmentation, and Hope, an Introduction to the Book of Judges. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. In 1787, the Constitutional Convention emerged from Philadelphian seclusion to propose a new system of government for the heretofore loose confederation of states in America. It became known as federalism, a centralized but limited national government that would bind the people in a collective destiny and defense, leaving each state to preserve its own identity. Ratification by nine states would make it normative. As each state debated the question, Hamilton, Madison, and Jay famously gave New Yorkers what became known as the Federalist Papers. But as I mentioned in my 10-part Tikva series on the Bible, long forgotten was another piece of writing in defense of the Constitution, composed by Reverend Samuel Langdon, who had been president of Harvard during the Revolution and then ministered in New Hampshire. Langdon delivered a case for the Constitution to the New Hampshire legislature. But unlike the Federalist Papers, the case that Langdon made was biblically based, a sermon titled, The Republic of the Israelites, an Example to the American States. Langdon argued that for all the political insights of Greece and Rome, quote, they were far from being worthy to be compared with the laws of Israel, end quote. The Bible Langdon insisted should serve as America's inspiration. He said, quote, as to everything excellent in their constitution of government, the Israelites may be considered as a pattern to the world in all ages, and from them we may learn what will exalt our character and what will depress and bring us to ruin, end quote. Langdon went on to compare ancient Israel to his own nascent nation. Like the former British colonies, which became the 13 states, Israel had tribes of its own. Twelve in all, though we may note that Joseph was divided into both Menashe and Ephraim, so in a certain sense, there were 13 tribes. Each tribe had its own leadership, known as Nisim or Rashi Beitavot, the heads of their houses. And yet there was also a national executive, first Moses and then Joshua. America, Langdon argued, could model itself on biblical Israel. Quote, Instead of the 12 tribes of Israel, we may substitute the 13 states of the American Union and see this application plainly offering itself. End quote. Langdon argued that the miracles of the American Revolution over the British ought to inspire American emulation of an ancient people who had themselves overcome an empire in Egypt. Langdon said, quote, We cannot but acknowledge that God hath graciously patronized our cause and taken us under his special care, as he did his ancient covenant people, end quote. But, Langdon warned, if Americans did not seek to foster unity, then there was another biblical book that offered a warning. Quote, Yet after Joshua and the elders of his time were dead, it does not appear that they took the least care to fill their places. They left all the affairs of the nation to chance or extraordinary providence and had no chief commander except when God, in compassion to them in their troubles, raised up judges for their deliverance, end quote. So Langdon warned that America faced a choice between Joshua and judges, and he said, quote, I have presented you with the portrait of a nation highly favored by heaven with civil and religious institutions, who yet, by not improving their advantages, forfeited their blessings and brought contempt and destruction on themselves, end quote. Langdon's remarkable speech may well have made its mark, 
New Hampshire voted to ratify the Constitution by a narrow vote of 57 to 47. As the ninth state to do so, the Constitution immediately with them became the law of the land. Thus, this sermon, in a certain sense, resounds through history. And in Langdon's contrast between Joshua and Judges, this former president of Harvard was onto something, which will allow us to appreciate what Judges has to teach us. Joshua, according to the Talmudic reading, led Israel for 22 years and was followed by several of the Zikinim, the elders that were his compatriots. This leads into the inglorious three to four century period known as that of the Judges. The English rendering of the word shoftim as judges can be misleading. The biblical office of shofet, or judge, was more that of a warrior guardian than a jurisprudential position, though we will find certain biblical characters also playing this latter role. These shoftim, or judges, were taken from diverse tribes, at times chosen by the people, at times by divine decree. But a careful reading of the book highlights the gradual moral and political disintegration of a people so that what we may call the federalist splendor of Joshua is reversed. Let us see how this is so. But before we do, it bears mentioning that the book of Judges is the most violent and lurid and at times disturbing book in the Bible, and so listener discretion is advised. Judges begins on a moment of hope. The Almighty designates the tribe of Judah to lead the remaining conquest. Chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. We know that Judah's sacrifice for Benjamin in Egypt is what elevated him as the ancestor of future Israelite kings. And so we are meant to wonder, as we begin the book of Judges, if Judah will now fully flower and produce the desired leader. A victory is achieved over a Canaanite king, Adoni Bezek, a wicked warrior who was wont to cut off his enemy's thumbs and toes and pile them under his table. The king's own royal digits are amputated in revenge. Verse 6. But Adoni Bezek fled, and they pursued after him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. And Adoni Bezek said, Seventy kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered food under my table. As I have done, so God has paid back to me. This is how the book of Judges begins. Why are we told this story? There is, it seems, an element of justice that is emphasized here, but there is also more than that. The tale sets the theme for the entire biblical book in which all sorts of gruesome violence will be depicted and described. And, as we shall later see, a biblical book that begins with dismemberment involving Canaanite kings will end with the awful dismemberment of an Israelite. Perhaps there is a larger symbolism to this gory tale of King Adoni Bezek. The book begins with dismemberment because the theme of the book is the dismemberment of the body politic of Israel due to disunity, fracturing, and fragmentation. Judah, as we proceed through the book, will not unite Israel during the period of the judges. It is only later in the book of Samuel that David will emerge out of this tribe. And when we read of military engagements throughout the book, there will largely be little unity, political or spiritual. Thus, it will be that Judges, the biblical book that begins with a few tribes defeating a king known for dismembering his enemies, will end with the worst civil war in the history of Israel. These tragedies are what Samuel Langdon had in mind 
when he warned America to learn from the book of Joshua and from the book of Judges about what a country can achieve when it is unified and what dangers and disarray descends in the midst of disunity. And Langdon was certainly drawing on a larger theme that other patriots had emphasized. Benjamin Franklin famously said at the adoption of the Declaration of Independence that we must all hang together or we will most assuredly all hang separately. And it was during the French and Indian War that Franklin created a cartoon, a woodcut, of a dismembered snake representing the various American colonies, along with the emblem, Join or Die. While Franklin created it in order to inspire the colonists in the 1750s to fight on behalf of Britain, the cartoon was eventually repurposed during the Revolution in order to inspire Americans to unite in the Patriot cause. Join or die, those are Franklin's words. And this is the message that the Book of Judges will emphasize again and again. But the twelve tribes of Israel will not join, and by the end of the book, many will die. Without the leadership of Joshua, unity dissolves, and ultimately, communal courage fails. Most of the tribes fail to complete the conquest of the Holy Land, and Israel's enemies in the land will constantly assault the Israelites and will be joined by another nation that arrives by sea and becomes a regional power, a people known as the Philistines, who from that moment through David's reign will become one of the most deadly enemies of Israel. The Israelites are influenced by the remaining pagans, embracing worship of their gods, and at times marrying their women as well. Chapter 2, verse 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, the gods of the people that were round them, and bowed themselves down to them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served the Baal and the Ashtarot. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that plundered them. And he sold them to the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. And yet, as Samuel Langdon himself told the New Hampshire Parliament, even in this moment of disunity and disarray, when the Israelites left all the affairs of the nation to chance, or extraordinary providence, and had no chief commander. Nevertheless, as Langdon continued, God in compassion to them in their troubles raised up judges for their deliverance, or as we are told in verse 16, nevertheless the Lord raised up judges who saved them from the hand of their plunderers. The first judge mentioned in the book is Otniel ben Knaz from the tribe of Judah, who ensures security and peace for 40 years. And the second is a Benjaminite by the name of Ehud, who saves Israel from the oppression of the Moabite king, Eglon. Chapter 3, verse 15. But when the children of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud the son of Gera, a Benjaminite, a left-handed man. Ehud will use the fact that he is left-handed to his advantage, hiding a sword on the opposite side of the body from where it was usually kept. Obtaining a private audience with Eglon king of Moab, he will produce the sword, stab the king, and then escape. The stabbing is also described, like many tales in the book of Judges, in an incredibly gory way. But we must note first and foremost that there is also a literary bit of irony in the way this tale is told. Ehud, we are informed, is from the tribe of Benjamin, Binyamin, a name which means son of my right hand. But it is this left-handed Benjaminite that will be used for a surprise assault against Israel's enemy. And this seems to hint to us, perhaps, 
that in the book of Judges, salvation will arise through unexpected ways. Israel will have warriors of incredible courage that will act at the moment when they are needed. And, as Rabbi Yigal Ariel points out, Ehud's victory will be achieved not in the conventional way of first uniting Israel in a military campaign, but through an individual act against the king of Moab, against the enemy, which will then in turn bring Israelites together in battle. Chapter 3, verses 26, 27, 28, and 30, describing Ehud after he stabs the king of Moab. And Ehud escaped while they tarried and passed beyond the carved stones and escaped into Seir. And it came to pass, when he arrived, that he blew a shofar in the mountain of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down with him from the mount, and he before them. And he said to them, Follow after me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, namely Moab, into your hand. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land was quiet for 80 years. It is, as Rabbi Ariel writes, specifically in moments of despair in the book of Judges, like in other periods of Jewish history, that one act of heroism can spark a victory. To this we can add that what is true of military heroism is also true of moral heroism. In the period of Judges, leadership will be, to a great extent, ineffective. Families will act immorally. Idolatry will be rampant. But we know from another biblical book, which we will study later in our year, that there will be one family in Bethlehem, loyal to God and to each other, who will, during this period, set the stage for the Davidic dynasty. The book of Ruth begins with the words, and it was in the days when the judges judged. And yet, the story that book tells is so different from the larger despair of this era. Thus. Ruth reminds us that even in the times of greatest crisis, God sows the seeds of redemption yet to come, and that in the midst of a depraved time, seemingly small acts of heroism can lead ultimately to the salvation of a people. Throughout the book of Judges, we will encounter terrible acts of sin, violence, and failure, including failure from some of the judges themselves. And it's precisely for this reason that the stories of this book might have served as a source of instruction to the early Americans, whose constitution, as we have heard, became ratified, in part, perhaps, through a sermon about Joshua and Judges. The book of Judges truly does offer a warning to any polity inspired by the Bible, and many of America's founders understood that without biblical morality and virtue, disaster would result. As John Adams once said, Quote, avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. End quote. Thus, as we begin our study of the depressing period of Israel's history, known as that of the Book of Judges, we may also ponder with amazement how the American founding made the stories of biblical Israel so central to its identity. In 1789, after the Constitution had been ratified, Samuel Langdon sent a copy of his sermon to George Washington, the sermon that contained a comparison between the tale of the ancient Israelite Republic and the American founding. Washington was moved to reply with words that resonate today. He wrote, quote, The man must be very bad indeed who can look upon the events of the American Revolution without feeling the warmest gratitude towards the great author of the universe, whose divine interposition 
was so frequently manifested in our behalf, and it is my earnest prayer that we may so conduct ourselves as to merit a continuance of those blessings with which we have hitherto been favored. End quote. The hard truth, of course, is that America is incredibly fragmented today, and it is difficult to imagine politicians drawing effective arguments for national unity from the Hebrew Bible, as Samuel Langdon once did. But that ought to inspire us, as Americans, to work to rediscover the inspiration of Hebrew Scripture once again. That, of course, is what Bible 365 seeks to achieve. And that is why I am so grateful to all of you for joining me on this journey. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.